Happy December, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we motherfuckers are ridiculously <laughs> bored. <laughs> So I'm going to go right at it. Go right at it, Michael. In Vegas, you called me a child a couple times in a row, a different various times. <laughs> so today- Was while, I wrong? So, I, no, but so today while we're getting ready, so again, look, giving people a little bit of a view behind the curtain, because you're on uh, Arizona time and I'm on New York time, I always ask you, hey, just give me a 15, 20 minute uh, reminder and I'll, you know, I'll go get in front of the computer, go to the bathroom, do all those different things. So you, the child that is you, tells me, I'm going to go take a shit before we start recording. I had to go. And then in turn sends me a video <laughs> of a, which God, I hope it's a ice cream, chocolate ice cream vending machine uh, to, to visualize what you were doing. Yeah, I don't think it is. I'm the child. I don't think it is. I don't know. Th it may have been I'm live. Having, I don't know. I'm not having chocolate ice cream ever again. <laughs> like I said, mission accomplished. <laughs> so... Why don't why don't we come into theme music? And I don't just mean the the ridiculously bored theme music. Why don't we each have our own like baseball players? Because that's fucking stupid, and it's more work for me, and no extra work for you. <laughs> so clearly, it's the more work thing. It's yeah, it's clearly the more work. It's the more work thing, <laughs> for sure. So um, I want to go over one of. I cannot believe I forgot this last week, and I was reminded by it by one of my cousins. I cannot believe I forgot. It's not a re-gifting story, but it is the greatest gift ever given story. Like a white elephant? Uh, no, well, even better. So we are at GQ's house for one of his birthday parties. I don't remember what year. It doesn't matter. And he invites a bunch of us over. And some of us, like somebody like me, I know what to get him. I know what he's looking for. He invites over a friend who is an acquaintance at the time for him. Doesn't really know him that well, but we played cards with him and things like that. And I call him Long Island Nick. So he invites Long Island Nick over. And it's one of those things, like some a lot of times you, people don't open the birthday gifts while you're there, but GQ decided to open all of them while we were in the room. So he starts opening them and it's whatever from somebody, this from somebody else, blah, blah, blah. So he gets the Long Island Nick's gift. And it is, it look, I guess the thought was there. <laughs> It literally looks like he went to Baskin Robbins and said to the person behind the counter, I want to buy that shirt. How much? Right? So that's, what the, that's what the shirt looks like. And as I've mentioned before, the reason why he's nicknamed GQ is because everything feels like it's right out of that magazine. So he very nicely, very graciously was like, oh, thank you very much. And he kind of put it down. Me being the douchebag that I am, I was like what the fuck is that shirt? <laughs> I'm like, what were you thinking? And I basically eviscerated him in the next 10 minutes. So much so that my cousin Yanni was there. And on the ride home, he was like, I don't think that guy's ever going to come out of his house again. I can't believe you did that to him. And GQ kept that shirt in his fucking closet in, in the box, in the corner for like 15 years. He had it in there. And then I think when he's just recently moved, um, he, he, he lost it in one of the, the transitions. So, um, yeah, like that was one of the worst gifts I've ever seen. And, and there's no way you're re-gifting that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad. I mean, we've been friends since childhood, all of us. And I'm glad at some point in the past, and I don't know when it was, we all decided to really not buy each other gifts. 
and by all of us, I really mean me and you and me and GQ. <laughs> we don't buy each other. Well, I should say, I don't buy you gifts. You don't buy me gifts. I don't buy him gifts. He doesn't buy. You guys might buy each other gifts, but I don't participate in the gift giving. And part of the reason why I don't mind that is what the fuck do you got? What, what do you buy the guy who has everything? Right. I mean, we go to Vegas every year, almost like clockwork. He buys a new $20,000 watch, right? So what do you get that guy that he's going to walk away and go, oh, this is a great gift. Right. Hey, here's a Metallica t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like you just, you can't like, so it's not even yeah. worth it. Yeah. And you know, you don't want like as adults, you don't want to ask the person, hey, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And I'll buy that for you. We're going to spend what, a hundred bucks each, 200 bucks each, whatever it is. I'll buy that for you. You buy that for me and we're good. Yeah. Like, it's just silly at this point. That's exactly. That's why we yeah. don't do it. And look, there's there's gotten points where even with my kids, some people who buy them gifts and we buy their kids gifts, a part of me is like, I think kind of each of us just get what we want during the year anyway. Yeah. Like, is it really, do the kids need more gifts? But then I'm just being a Scrooge, I think. So I haven't uh, recommended that approach. Well, I, I, think I think sometimes for kids, it's about getting the gifts, right? Even though they may have everything, like still the time of year that gets you all excited is. I mean, the reason they get excited is because they're going to get gifts. So if you start yeah. start pulling gifts from them, that's pretty jacked. Yeah. So one other thing from last week's episode, um, Mighty Eagle was telling me that she loved your bringing back your faith in humanity comment. <laughs> and she said that what she really appreciated was it just kind of worked its way in and then we just moved on. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say anything else about it. We just completely moved on from yeah, it. Yeah, you you would have had so, to have been listening for a while to get that. I think it's been at least six or, oh, geez, probably been like three or four months, so probably 12 to 15 episodes since we did that segment. Yeah. yeah. And so for the people who have been listening for a while, I'm going to throw a joke fault at the end of this. Oh, Jesus. My Christmas gift to you. Oh, an early Christmas gift at that. Yeah, which you will, we are a gift because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week? <laughs> the week was good. Yeah. So I found out this week that there is a, well, uh, hopefully the people listening, except for maybe those couple 17 or 18 year olds we have, know what the Mile High Club is, right? Everybody knows what the Mile High Club is. Right. So the Mile High Club, for those who don't, which I, I can't believe anybody listening to this wouldn't, um, because you're as I'm assuming you're as much a degenerate as David and I, if you're still listening to this after 50 episodes <laughs> or so. So the mile high club is when you have sex on the plane, right? On a plane and, and a plane. So it's also been modified. You don't need to just have sex. You can get blown. You can do something like any kind of sexual act now can be considered joining the mile high club. Though you can't be alone. Like you can't just get jerked <laughs> off in your chair. That's a federal offense. Right? By the way, so is having sex on a plane. <laughs> yeah, yes, I've heard that people have gotten busted. So I'm gonna start with have you ever joined the Mile High Club? Uh I have not. Um have you ever had the opportunity to and chickened out? No. The reason why I haven't joined the Mile High Club is because I have not had the opportunity. <laughs> I think I would happily take take uh, part in said activity, assuming it wasn't going to land me in divorce court. Well, no, you're not supposed to be getting blown. I'm not offering you getting blown by the flight attendant. No, I'm just saying like to the bathroom, you know, if, if, if the wife and I are on a plane and, and she's feeling it and I'm feeling it, we might make it happen. 
But why, why, is that, why is that ending up in divorce court if it's your wife? No, my point being was, yes, I would do it if the occasion arose. The occasion would have to obviously come from my wife. I got you. Okay. Or, or your next wife, right? You have a track history here, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do call so, her my future ex-wife sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Hot Chocolate says that about his wife. Let me tell you. She does not find it as funny as we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually had an opportunity once, not in the stall, because look, I'm a big fucking guy. I have enough trouble just taking a leak in those stalls, mm-hmm. let alone trying to get somebody else of in course. there with me. Yeah. So that, that's There's not There's literally no room. Correct. Um, so much so that I know this is completely the opposite of my high club, but I never shit on a plane. Ever. Never. You don't I shit remember in my public, life period. even as a kid. Yeah, right. we already talked I about try to that. avoid that as much as possible. One of the flights to Australia, which is an 18, 20 hour flight type thing, got to a point where I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to shit on this flight. <laughs> so I went into the bathroom to do like a dry run. <laughs> what? Literally, like, literally, I took down my clothes. I didn't take them off clothes. There's no room. A just dry came. run? A, a dry run. I took down my clothes and put them down, sat on the toilet. And then was like, I got to see, can I get up? Can I even wipe my ass in this place? Because there's no fucking room. Yeah, so I did a dry run. Um, luckily, I didn't end up having to go, but um, you stage it, it's the Boy Scout in me. Be prepared. <laughs> so, all right. So what does that have to do with the Mile High Club? It, I, I distracted myself. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel. So, yeah. So the Mile High Club. Yes. The the Mile High Club is was offered to me once. I had a girlfriend at the time. We were in the last row of the plane, and I guess she was feeling a little frisky, and she was like, hey, how about if I blow you back here in the back row when you, we can clearly see up to the front? We know right behind us is only the bathrooms, and, like, I just couldn't do it. Like, I was young, too, but I just – I chickened out. So, like, I guess I had a little bit of the opportunity, and I just couldn't do it. Oh, interesting. I would not so, pin you as yeah. someone who would chicken out. Yeah. I, well, I got nervous. Maybe it was a uh, stage fright. <laughs> um, Ironically, but the, that, that you brought that ahead. up, I was strolling through my newsfeed the other day, and there's actually a company that has, it's a smaller plane, but they actually offer for, I think it was $995, a 45-minute flight in which you and they love one can join the Mile High Club. Hi, David. Read that same article. That's why it ended up on the list this week. (laughs) (laughs) So the other thing is, too, is you always talk about the algorithm. What the fuck am I searching? (laughs) That that came up in the algorithm. You and I. It's it's you and I searching for material for this show. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because sometimes we'll get back to the monocle in a second. Sometimes when for a joke, I'll Google anything. So a photo I had a I ordered a T-shirt. And I sent the photo to a couple friends, and I'm like, hey, this is what I got coming for me. And then my cousin Baloney, who we always joke that he's gay, I sent – I Googled shirtless male, and I, I took a picture <laughs> of that, and I sent that to him. So now, again, that's in the algorithm in the in the, the background, but that one I'm actually okay with. All right. Well, so, speaking of terms of affection, do you and the wife do any kind of, you know, things to kind of keep things – kind of fresh you know like i don't know like pass around love notes or you know any anything like that to kind of keep the romance alive no 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 i I don't know i would try but look for me 
you know, with a draw full of hymns, there's no real <laughs> <laughs> what romance am I keeping alive? <laughs> oh, it's such a good thing the wife doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, but I don't want to get hold on. Before I ask you, do you do that? I do. Um, so I, I don't remember, and we'll get back to the, the plane in a second. Um, I don't remember what started it, but the wife and I, a while ago, we both travel for work occasionally. Both of our companies are headquartered elsewhere. So occasionally we have to go fly to the headquarters, you know, city slash state and, and do some meetings and shit like that. So, um, typically what we do, and I don't remember how it started, but you know, like whoever is leaving, the other person will leave like, you know, like notes in their suitcase. Like, you know, I love you thinking about you, just stuff like that to kind of keep it, keep it, you know, just to make sure that they know that while they're away, they're thought of. And then at some point in time, the opposite happened where the person that was leaving would like leave little sticky notes around the house. And it's become kind of a game and we both collect them and we both have like, you know, drawers full of like all these sticky notes. Right. So the wife and I have been doing that for a while. So Are either of you drop Polaroid like dick pics in or tit photos. Uh, moving on. So (laughs) (laughs) next time I'm over, I'm going to get lucky to look like yours and slide it next to her. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. The, uh, every, so when we went to Vegas, you know, I, um, I, I left some notes and, and I kind of expected to to see some notes and, and there was, um, but when I got back, there was, um, there was a note, uh, and, and, and it was in my laptop case. And I opened the laptop and there was a note in there and it said something to the effect of suck a dick. Yeah. Which was my love note to you. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, the other day I'm rustling through my wallet and I open it up and I pull out a credit card and a little note falls out and it says, you are gay. <laughs> you know what's funny about some of these? They are joke bombs. I don't remember throwing <laughs> one in the wallet. That might have been Miami in I'm August. I'm pretty sure it was because it looked old. It looked like it had been like I pulled the credit card out and jammed it back in like 50 times. And the note had kind of been like squashed at the bottom of like the pocket that it was in my wallet. So when I pulled it out, I'm like, what the hell is this? And I look at it. I'm like, that motherfucker. <laughs> So uh, Long Island Nick showing up a lot on this one. So Long Island Nick brings brings books with him whenever he goes like on the train and stuff. He still likes the old school paperbacks in his hand. Every single time we're at at a dinner, he leaves all the stuff on the side. Eventually, before he goes home, he goes to the bathroom. Every single one of those, I, I write something in it, and like a week later, three days later, he'll reach out and be like, "Motherfucker!" He's like, "This book is somebody else's." <laughs> So, and like, I just, I asked the waiter for a fucking pen and I write it in pen, <laughs> those kind of things. So at least yours was just a little paper that you could throw away. He's fucking scarred for so, life. So thank you for my love notes, Michael. Go ahead. Back to the airplane You're story. Welcome. You're welcome. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, now that you said it, I, I've occasionally left my wife like little notes like that. There's no rhyme or reason. It'll just be random type stuff. Um, done those once in a while, but n- nothing major. Um my, so the Mile High Club airline, um, which is it's only look I, I say only it was only like a thousand bucks I think yeah it was like nine hundred ninety five bucks I think it wasn't it wasn't ba- look a fucking flight forty five minutes Miami are you like fucking kidding me bucks dude if you take a flight from fucking Oakland to L A you're probably paying two hundred something bucks but the you're going you're nowhere 
You're going. You're go, You're literally going up and coming down. The flight to Vegas is about fifty minutes. You're going up, coming, and then coming down. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand bucks to get laid. I mean, a, a hotel costs what? Ah, if you if you buy one by the hour, what fifty bucks? Maybe a nice hotel for one night is like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So let's let's think of it this way, right? You take your wife out to a nice meal at a nice restaurant. Mm-hmm. You have a bottle of wine. You have a nice dinner. You mm-hmm. have appetizers. Maybe a dessert as well. Three or four hundred bucks. Yeah, right? you go home, not for you two fuck. people. A couple hundred bucks more. You go in an airline and fuck. It's the it's the experience of it. That's that's the most interesting thing. All right. The other thing too is this airline doesn't give a shit. They're like, we've had threesomes, we've had foursomes. <laughs> so you, if you want to think about it. We could cut a deal, save a little money by splitting it four ways. (laughs) Since you look towards the aft, I'll look towards the rear with whatever airplane terms. Yeah, so so I got to ask the question then. All right, so let's just say it's Valentine's Day, right? February. Mm -hmm. You decide to uh, give your wife a little present, right? And the present is a card and that says, you know, here's our plane tickets. You and I are going to go on a 45-minute ride, all right? Mm -hmm. You get in, you get up there, and she says, you know what? Just not feeling it right now. How fucking pissed would you be? I'm going to say I thought I thought the flight attendant was part of the deal. <laughs> I thought that was a backup. <laughs> the other question is she might go, what are we supposed to do with the other 43 minutes? <laughs> She's like, I'm bringing a book. <laughs> 43 minutes? Damn, you must be using Viagra or something. You got that extension. <laughs> Uh, so it's not the, uh, it's the motion of the ocean or uh, whatever the thing. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. yeah, look, look, I think it's a fucking great, actually, I think it's a great business model. I think a lot of people are going to do it. Think about it. When you're in Vegas, right? Look, I lost a grand in Vegas. I, I could have fucking flew up and lost <laughs> a nut. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My wife was with me. So it, it's, look, it's, uh, it's, I think it's an experience that I think actually, believe it or not, I think a lot of people would do. So there was a picture of this plane in the article that I saw, and uh, it didn't look like there was like, you know how like a limo has that like privacy glass? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't look like there was any privacy glass. It's oh, a so little- Pilots up front jerking off It's a it? little like Cessna, like, you know, kind of a, I would say maybe a six seater and cl- just enough room for, for someone, you know, your or my size to maybe lay down horizontally. So I got to believe the, the, the pilots got popcorn going, you guys done yet? What's going on? Back? Hey, sounds good. Is everything okay? <laughs> I t- killed two birds with one stone. You've had airline sex and you've had somebody watch you uh, pump your wife. <laughs> Exhibitionism. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Make a list before you go up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we, um, we've recently sent out our holiday cards. Right? I got them already. And... Yeah, and what I love about it is the car I do I pick their outfits every year. So we've had like when it was just my son, one year he was a snowman, one year he was a gingerbread man. One year there were two photos of him, he was a devil and an angel and it said uh good, bad, Santa, why can't I be both? Um and then when my daughter came around like the first year when when we were pregnant with her, my son was dressed as a package and that's when we announced it to people mm-hmm. on the um the envelope for the the card, the package that he's wearing said something like my baby sister arriving, you know, February of 2013. Right. Um, and so I've always picked out the outfit. So last year, um, which I thought was great because of the fucking disaster of the pandemic, I used the nightmare before Christmas. You know what? They dressed up as those two main characters. Um, one year they were reindeer. So this year I dressed them up as 
uh, mustard and ketchup. And the line in the card was, um, you mustard missed us. Let's catch up soon. I also wanted to put, um, we relish the chance to see you, but that got shut down. Because <laughs> my wife does edit the card ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, my spelling sometimes isn't the best. You, or, you know what the best part of get, you, you telling the story right now is? What? There are a handful of people that are listening to this going, motherfucker, I didn't get a card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true too. Uh, if you didn't get a card, I want you to know that I definitely sent it, but you should just let me know because it might have got lost in the mail. Wink. No, wink, if wink. you didn't get a card, it means you're on the fucking B list, which means that any cards that are left over after Mike has sent them to all of the people that he cares about, then you will get yours. Look, what's wrong with the B list? I've been invited to weddings as the B list. I've hooked up with girls as the B list. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking being on the B list is not a bad thing. People do not listen to him. He is totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. So, all right. Um, so, but the funny thing is, is what the card doesn't capture, but the photos we have, because we take a bunch of photos while we're doing it, is the process. And the process far and away every year is a fucking disaster because one of the kids doesn't want to do it. And then when sometimes one of them tries to convince the other to do it, then they don't want to do it. Then it ends up with me usually yelling at them, threatening to take away electronics so do you, for months. Do you allow them into the process of what they're going to be? Do you say, hey, what do you guys want to do this year? Or is it like, here, put this fucking ketchup costume on? It's here, put this fucking ketchup See, costume on. See, you need to involve them in the process. But they shut down my Halloween. So for Halloween, we used to do, they'd go out as a couple, meaning... The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and a Ghostbuster. Uh -huh. uh, Sully and Boo from Monsters, Inc. They have no desire to do that anymore. Okay. Did so, you involve them in the process? Did you ask did, them, uh, what do you guys yes. want to be? I'm seeing, Halloween, a, yes. I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. Halloween, yes. Christmas, no. Maybe I'll try that next year because I don't know how many years I got this left. Because my son, who's actually fully on board with it this year, he I think he's been broken where he's like, I know I just got to fucking do just this and then with. I can go about my way. <laughs> he was like, how many more years do you think? He's like, am I going to have to do this in college? <laughs> I was like, odds are you won't want to. I said, and then we'll move on to the cats. We'll start including the cats in photos at that point. Did you say college? You'd be lucky to get your yeah. GED. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody's got big plans. Community <laughs> college and shit. <laughs> it's good that he's thinking ahead though. I don't, I don't yeah. think you were even thinking college at this point in your life. No, bearing in mind, I dropped out of high school. Yeah. So I definitely was not thinking college at this so point. Your, your kid's got a, a step ahead of you there. Yeah. So I was at the, uh, we talked about this in the last one, but it was the day before, or was it the day of the Territorial Cup, which is the oldest college football rivalry, according to all the news outlets. Who knows if it's fucking true or not, but the trophy's been going back and forth between Arizona State and University of Arizona for Gosh, I want to say it, 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 the trophy dates back to like the 1890s. That's how fucking old it is. So it's been going back at least that long. Right. Quick question. Somebody from the East Coast slash who doesn't give a shit about Arizona. Um, it, are they always the last game of the year before any like championship stuff? Yeah. Is this Territorial Cup yeah. always the it's last always, game? Okay. It's always like Thanksgiving weekend and it's always the last game of the season. So it's a pretty big deal. So much so that if either team has a shitty season, and in college football, the minute you lose your first conference game, your season's pretty much over, right? So, so for both teams, for University of Arizona, who went one and eleven 
at, no one in, yeah one in 11 and oh and 12 last year so they're like literally one in 20 something for the last two years um they really this this was the only game to look forward to right none of the other games matter as long as you beat your rival like that's the thing and and for arizona state um last year we beat them 70 to 7 which is really hard to do score 70 points there was a lot of pick sixes and a lot of you know punts returned back for touchdowns so we knew it wasn't going to be that kind of blowout but we were eight and four prior to the game so we kind of felt like um you know we we should have won this game fairly easily and we did i mean we we, we blew them out but uh it's literally it, it, it was the one game that we think saved herm edwards the arizona state coach it saved his season because I think he's, he announced after the game or they announced that they were going to, you know, not fire him, which was kind of a big deal because the expectations for the team this year were super high, but um, that set off an awesome weekend. I mean, just, just that game alone. One, we went to the game, we tailgated anytime you beat your rival like that and, and can go out and party. We had such a great time this weekend, but uh, we mentioned it last week. So I wanted to bring it up. Now think about if after that game, you guys drove to Vegas and got in a plane for a thousand bucks. Wouldn't that make it even better? Is the Mile High airline in Vegas? Is that where it was? I didn't. Yeah, it's in Vegas. Yeah, I read part. That's of the why article. I think a lot of people are going to do it. Oh Jesus! See, that's this is where I see this is where bad decisions happen. I can see a lot of people meeting in Vegas. Right? Hey, you want to hook up? Hey, let's go join the Mile High Club together. Yeah, see, that's dangerous. That's that's quite possibly a kidnapping. <laughs> <laughs> that could go very, and we're going to land in Cuba. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. All right. Speaking of different. Vegas and sports and all that other shit, have you watched Ted Lasso? I have. All right. Um, I'm. I'm. I, let me start. I am not a soccer guy at all. Neither am I. Um, but I do like Ted Lasso. Yeah. Go ahead. So I, I knew very little about soccer. Uh, football for anyone outside of the United States. Um, I played it when I was a kid, like the youth soccer league for like a season or two. And I wasn't that great. So I didn't continue. Um, I've always thought of soccer was like the worst of all the sports because when, when I played football in high school, there goes some listeners. Yeah. (laughs) When I played, but I've changed. So let me get to it though. When I played football in high school, um, if, if you did something wrong, your punishment was to run. Okay. In baseball, you made an error after the game. Guess what? You were doing laps. Basketball, you committed too many fouls or you fouled out of the game. Guess what? After the game, you were running around the court. You know, that was your punishment. So any sport where running is required 99.9% of the time, I think it's just a shitty idea just in general, right? So soccer for me was always like, hell no, there's no way I'm ever going to play soccer again, right? So I watched Ted Lasso. And, and during the course of the show, you learn a lot about, about soccer in general. I mean, he's an American football coach that gets, you know, pulled into, you know, the, the UK soccer league basically to run the team into the ground. Um, right. Spoiler alert. Spo- yeah. But I mean, that's the first episode, like literally like, yeah. you know, you, you figure out, okay, <laughs> he was hired to run this team into the ground. But through the course of the season, it's a great show. I highly recommend you watch it. It's funny. It's got like all the feels. It's like a, you know, it's like a good, good kind of, you know, wholesome comedy, not too raunchy, not too any of that. Um, And Jason Sudeikis is freaking awesome in it. He's just fantastic, right? But throughout the course of the show, you learn about this concept of promotion and relegation 
in soccer. Yeah. And basically what that means is. Hold on. The first time I heard about this, I think I was in Australia. It blew my fucking mind mm -hmm. that this actually happens. So I had never known about it before. uh, So I'm watching the show and I'm like, okay, wait. So the worst two teams in the league get relegated to the league below. So there's, let's just say there's four or five leagues stacked on top of each other. The top league being like the one where all the big boys play. Every year at the end of the year, the bottom teams get demoted to the league below it. And then the the best teams in the league below it get promoted to take their place in the, the top leagues. Right. And, Let's use the right word. The bad teams get relegated. Yeah. And the good teams get promoted. So I, it got me to thinking, what a fucking brilliant concept that I think it should be applied to all sports, particularly American sports. Um, and more importantly, baseball all right it gets rid of all the tanking the intentional tanking you can't it do it if you're going to get relegated not only that i mean 50 percent of the teams in baseball and basketball to some extent are eliminated by mid-season so by the time the all-star game rolls around fans for those teams literally have nothing to cheer for there's it's the, the season's over they've already been mathematically eliminated in some cases so they cannot possibly make the playoffs so this changes the game in that now all of a sudden the bottom teams have something to fight for, right? And it's no longer the first round draft pick, right? Now it's, well, crap, not only do we not get a draft pick, we're going to have to go play in uh, a lower league, which means less revenue. We can't afford all those players. It creates all sorts of dynamics that I think would be absolutely fascinating and make every sport in America more interesting. Yeah, I think that model... Look, it'll never happen. No. But I think that model would be awesome. Like, if you look at somebody like the Baltimore Orioles, and I don't know this for fact, so the Google police can go fuck themselves, <laughs> but I believe the Orioles have lost, like, 100 games, like, three of the last four years or something like that. So they'd be gone. They'd be a fucking minor league team. They'd mm. be, a you know, tier lower. Like, that would make them fucking light a fire under their ass to, to make some smart decisions and stop um, just giving up 100 losses every year. Yeah. So. The problem yeah, look, is the I league's think, run by the owners, and I don't know any owner in their right mind except maybe like, you know, Steinbrenner, like the Yankees owner, like the teams that are always in the top five. I could see them going, yeah, I'll do that because, you know, there's, there's, they're not at risk. But, you know, any of those, those mid-market and low-market teams that just don't have the, the money to compete on a, on a year-after-year basis, there's no way they'd sign off on that. But see that that well first it's for this to work you'd have to basically create a like a new league like maybe when the XFL started or the European right. NFL like those are the times you could maybe do this you, to try to do it on an existing league is just never going to happen. Yeah. But you know the whole revenue sharing things happen. So I had a couple clients that were in Major League Baseball over the years. Uh, one of which was the New York Mets actually. Um, then I had Major League Baseball for a little bit. I worked on as well as um, the pensions and the profit sharing and stuff like that that happens. So the way these models work, and so like your Yankees, you're like the Yankees wouldn't give a shit because they're never getting relegated. But that's because every year they fucking throw it all at winning, right? They're like, who's the best players out there? We're going to give them the most money because we can. So, and everybody says, oh, well, you know, the Tampa Bays of the world and the Milwaukee Brewers of the world, they can't possibly afford to do this. When the Yankees pay these penalties, that money shifts later on to those other teams. So they actually can do it, just they decided not to for various reasons. So, look, I think that would fucking set 
these leagues on fire, and I actually think it would be great. I think but, in the long run, they'd make more money because, like I said, all of a sudden at the end of the season, the bottom four teams are on everybody's watching those games because they want to see who's going to get demoted. It'll also highlight some of the, the, the leagues below. Like baseball already has this structure set up. They already have a minor league, right? So yep. theoretically, if they wanted to implement something to that effect, it would take some work. They could probably get there in five years. Basketball, um, the NBA has been doing the D League and the G League. I don't know if you know, they have the summer league. They, they have all these additional leagues now for like rookies and young players to play in. Yeah, I think the D and the G are the same league now. I think Gatorade now sponsors Oh, it. is that why it's so now the, the G, G League? League became the G League. That's yeah. pretty funny. I saw the D League last summer, and then all of a sudden this summer, I'm like, what the fuck is the G League? I'm like, Jesus <laughs> yeah, Christ, how many leagues why. are they going to create? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so there's, I, I think you're starting to see the possibility of that happening. Um, but again, I, I just don't see a bunch of billionaires sitting in a room voting and making it putting their team at risk because, you know, uh, as somebody pointed out to me last week, uh, a handful of teams have actually gone bankrupt in the, uh, and overseas soccer leagues by getting relegated. So uh, yeah, but, it, it becomes but, well, dangerous. Yeah. And in your Ted Lasso thing, you know, the lady says at one point that if we stay down here, we got to make a lot of different decisions for next year. Yeah, for sure. Right. That plays into it. Yeah. So I just thought that was fascinating. The other thing that happened this week that I thought was really fascinating was I was watching some YouTube videos and I had been recommended this video of a bunch of comedy actors. It was called the Comedy Actors Roundtable. And okay. it had Sasha Baron Cohen, Jim Carrey, Don Cheadle, and a couple other guys. All like... When, go ahead. When they were like nobodies? No, no. All, this is recent. This was probably oh, within, okay. the last, so, within the last six gotcha. to eight months, right? Okay, gotcha. So they're, they're sitting at a round table and they're all just talking about stuff. So it was really interesting. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a watch. It was like like an hour, 15 minutes long. So um, one of the things that Jim Carrey brought up that immediately reminded me of your story taking photos or selfies with Joe Torre last week was um, they were talking about being a celebrity and the good and the bad, you know, the good obviously is really good. The bad in some cases is really bad. They all right. talked about just going out in public and what that's like and how worse it is today um, than it was, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And Jim Carrey says, like, something to the effect of, I absolutely hate selfies. Whoever invented selfies, I want to choke the guy. I think he even, he even brought up... Uh, What's his face? Uh, Steve Jobs from Apple. He was like, if that motherfucker were still alive. <laughs> Going to dig him up and choke him? That's some vile shit. And, and, and the reason why he said he hates selfies is because, one, it stops the moment. Okay? So now all of a sudden you're fumbling with something. And two, everybody else in the room that sees you taking that picture with that celebrity now knows that it's okay for them to walk up and ask for the same thing because you're a dick if you don't give them that same selfie that you just gave for that last guy. That's right. Or And the people who didn't have the courage originally are now like, oh, I can go up and ask him. Yeah. Other people are. He's giving it. Yeah. So and, and he said the worst part about it is so there's a good reason not to do it because then all of a sudden if I'm at a restaurant, it shuts the restaurant down. Everybody wants a selfie immediately. Um, but most people don't think of that. 
So when someone walks up and says, Hey, can I get a selfie? And he's, he politely says, you know what? Sorry. I, you know, I, I just, I can't. He said 50% of the time they're like, Oh, okay. I get it. I understand. The other 50% of the time they're like, wow, you're an asshole. Like they get like mad and vicious. So, I would feel that you're a dick part. That's how I would feel. Because <laughs> you're I'd be like you're a dick. <laughs> but like I, I met George Foreman years ago before the cell phones were these kind of things, right? The mm. old flip phone shit like that. So I met him, walked up to him, and I said, "Hey, George, Did you want him to autograph his grill." No, <laughs> can you? I always happen to carry this with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said to him, "I said, hey, can I get an autograph?" And he said, "Look, I'm with my kid. I don't sign when I'm with my kid. How about I give you a handshake and say thanks." And I was like, oh, it's great. Like, it was nice. Yeah. He moved me along, and I, I had no no ill will towards him. But it's it's tricky because, like, look, when you have the, the B-list celebrities, as they're called, or the C-list celebrities, they might or might not enjoy it, but it's different. Yeah, right? Don they Cheadle said sign. nobody ever walks up to him. He was like, yeah, nobody, nobody ever notices me in public. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say something that'd get me in trouble. Yeah, don't. Um, so, you know, one of the things is, you know, some of these BC list celebrities, people go up to them, it might be 10 or 15 people. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't even know who the fuck that is. They're not going to go up and it just goes away. When you're like George Clooney or Brad Pitt or Jim Carrey, those kind of people, the line never ends. Yeah. Like you literally would be there for hours. So one of the things Kevin Smith talks about is he has handlers to help with that. But if he's at an autograph signing, he will sign as long as somebody comes into the fucking place. Yeah, that's what you're He'll there keep for. going. But on the street and stuff like that, sometimes, you know, you, you do what you need to. He's somebody who actually goes above and beyond, I think, and does everything for everybody. But I, I can see how that can yeah, but really now, grate on you after a while. He has to payroll some guy to be his handler. Well, that's how what Joe Torrey's guy was. How fucked up is that? I get it, right? But now, I mean, what does that job pay? That's got to be what? 70 grand a year, 80 grand a year. So now you just have to pay somebody to be on call to go with you wherever you go. Yeah, but everybody famous has something like that. I I, I don't think to. they do it because they want to. I think they do it, like you said, because they have to. Well, no, you also get some of these douchebags, you know, keeping up, keeping up with the fuck dashians who <laughs> they like, they call ahead and tell people when they're going to be somewhere. So they're actually... They want that limelight, and then they're, oh no, no, I can't sign, I can't sign. It's yeah, but those people. are people that are—they're just famous for being famous, and if they don't right. constantly have that attention, they're not making money, right? Because their their entire livelihood is based off of people recognizing them in public. That's that's their yeah. livelihood because it's that's that's how they make money. Social media. You know, Kim Kardashian told a story on my next guest is whatever Letterman show is on Netflix, where she got robbed at. I don't know if it was gunpoint or knife point because she was one bragging on Instagram that she was wearing a $10 million necklace Two, she was bragging that her husband Kanye at the time was not with her. And three, this is where I'm staying. So a couple guys fucking put the puzzle together and was like, yeah. well, we're just going to fucking rob her. Yeah. Well then you're so, just stupid. Yeah. Well, you're a fuck dashian. <laughs> no street smarts whatsoever. So we're getting old, right? You and I, clearly getting old i mean i'm looking at you mm -hmm. right now you're old as fuck just looking at you right now to be fair it's late at night my makeup comes off <laughs> <laughs> so i read this really interesting article last week and i wanted to get your take on it because it had to do with believe it or not einstein's theory of relativity and okay. and, and age and how old you are 
And um, think of it this way. When Wait, you, hold on. People don't don't turn off the podcast just because we're going to talk about this. No, no, it's Go interesting. Ahead, it's interesting. Um, when you're a kid, a day seems like a fucking long ass time, especially when it's the day before, like you're doing something great, like going to Disney World or something like that. Right. A day is like an eternity, a week even. Um, it just it seems like a really long time. When you're old, like we are, fucking shit just flies by. Yeah, like, and you feel like it's actually not enough time yeah. right now at this point. And, and, you know, like 2020 fucking maybe wasn't the fastest year because of all the shit that went down. We couldn't wait for it to end. But 2021, I mean, we're coming up on a few weeks left. I feel like that shit just flew by. I agree. Yeah. So, and and maybe it's just me because I'm older. So I was reading this article and they said, your perception of time has everything to do with relativity and how old you are. And I was like, all right, well, let's unpack this. When you're a kid, a week, a month, a year is a very large percentage of your life. Okay. 5, 10, 15, 20% of your life. Okay. Your life is very short up to that point. So it's a big percentage of your life when you're right. our age. Okay. We're, we're pushing fifties, forties and fifties. Some of us are older than other, you old fuck. <laughs> yeah. My 50. Yeah. <laughs> um, a day, a week, a month. It's a small percentage of, of your timeline. So your perception of how fast or slow time moves, um, tying it back into Einstein's theory of relativity is very much relative to, to how long you've been on this planet. So I found that really interesting. What do you think of that? Well, I, I, de I don't, I don't need to bring it down to Einstein's level, right. <laughs> but, or up to his level, but it's little things. Like I remember when I was 18 years old and I worked in a store and the owner was 36 years old. I would not let up on him about how fucking old he was and he was double my age. <laughs> like, and that was 14 years ago for me, right? Yeah. So, like, that's one of those things I remember that. So, yes, like, as you're getting older, like, you know, it's the same thing with kids being – making stupid mistakes and not wanting to listen to people who've done it before them. And I know everything even though I'm only 15 or 18 and stuff like that. But, um, you know, a couple things. As I'm getting older and – I start thinking forward about the things I might not be around for, for my kids. I start thinking about death more. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of getting older. Like, look, as a kid, I never would have thought of this shit. Like I used to, I tell the story about the, the garage we had in my backyard and we had the empty lot next to it. And we used to just run and jump off that thing into the fucking empty lot, into the dirt. Mm -hmm. And that garage was like a story and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you put me on a lot. Now I don't know if I would do that. Right. That type thing. So, Everything changes as you get older, right? You start thinking about you you know the the ramifications of the things you're doing and the decisions you're making and the time you have left. So mm -hmm. yeah, like, I see that totally. So the other thing is, you know, it's funny, like with my kids when they were really small, I would say to them, this fits exactly what you're saying. I would say to them, Hey, look, 10 minutes we're gonna leave. I'm giving you a 10-minute warning. I literally would basically turn around, turn back around, and be like, oh. 10 minutes is up. Let's go. And they'd be like, okay, well, that seemed fast, but they had no concept of time. Right? You can't do it. My son now pull out his phone and be like, no, fuck you, man. It's been 35 seconds. Like, what are you talking about? So um, 
the other thing is, so I, I finally watched the Loki series, and the reason I mentioned that is in this discussion yeah. is in the Avengers Assembled, it's called, or Disassembled, whatever it's called, where they go over the series. In that in that series, um, in that episode, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, actually says, time is a constant, right? An hour is an hour is an hour. He's like, but what you're doing in that hour can make it feel faster or slower, sure. even though it's still an hour. Right. So I thought that was actually a pretty deep fucking comment. So yeah. it's funny that you bring up all this stuff now. So while you get your advice from Einstein, I get mine from Marvel's Loki. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that series was awesome. It also set up the multiverse pretty, uh, pretty nicely. Yeah, there were points in it that I was like, huh? But yeah, otherwise yeah. it was pretty good. It's I, I think they dumbed it down. It, it's a pretty interesting concept to grasp. They dumbed it down pretty nicely, and at the end, you're kind of like, oh, I get it. Okay, now it all makes sense. And I, and when this Spider-Man movie comes out in a couple of weeks, I feel like it's gonna answer a lot of questions about how Marvel's gonna attack that whole conundrum. I think that's gonna be awesome. That movie. Yeah, for sure. So as we're we're getting up on time, is there anything else you want to talk about? I do. I do. Okay. Go Have ahead. you ever used? the citizen app on your phone no okay uh if you go to the the app store there's an app it's called citizen and the concept is pretty brilliant all right it's really like one of those community apps like if everybody downloads the app and if you see something happen if you report it then everybody around you can be notified that something happened right so um i live in a pretty decent area of phoenix um it's you know it's 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 not a it's not a shithole all right and there's not a whole lot of crime and the reason why i live here is because there's not a whole lot of crime you and i grew up in a very crime riddled city so i always you know told myself that i would never kind of subject my kids to that my house rob four times as a kid yeah continue so um so you get this app right and uh, my buddy and I were talking about it and he's like, God, I love living here, man. It's just so chill. Like everything's laid back. Nothing ever happens. I'm like, dude, you got to download the citizen app. He's like, why? I'm like, just trust me. Just download the citizen app. So he downloads it. And three hours later, he calls me. He goes, holy fuck, man. I didn't know we lived in Compton. <laughs> this app, anytime there's any disturbance of the peace and somebody reports it, if you're within whatever threshold you set, a mile, two miles, five miles, you get notified. But is it like boy who cried wolf type stuff? Because like, I don't need to know somebody threw a bottle at a car, right? Like, I don't give a shit about that. It's anything that involves a police officer. Okay. All right. So, um, and you can filter it and you can say, hey, I want, I want more or less. I want everything or I want just, you know, murder <laughs> or burglary, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and I mean, if you like open this app up and just let it run, like every fucking 20 minutes is like burglary three blocks away, car crash six blocks away, fight in a 7-Eleven four blocks away. It's to a point where it's so much, so fast, like my head wanted to explode. I'm like, holy fuck. This like sweet little city that I thought was just like the most calm, peaceful city on earth. Literally, it's like living in fucking Compton. <laughs> well, see, at least those are, like you said, it involves the cops. So like the ring, I have a ring at my house. I know you have. Um, I used to have a ring. I hated it. 
Yeah, you use the Google pro Nest, right? I think it is, whatever it is. Something to that effect. So I, I get they, they have neighborhood applications yeah. that, I mean, they have a neighborhood uh, selection that you can get all that kind of stuff. But it's some of it's stuff like that, right? The extreme. But other things are like, saw a lost cat. I saw a fox in the yard the other day. Did anybody else see it? So like, I just turned that shit yeah. off. Like, I no desire for that. At least yours is a little more sensational, right? So it gets your attention a little yeah. bit more. The other but, cool thing about it is if somebody else that you know has the app, you can have them, you can share your location with them. And if something happens near you, they'll get notified. Hey, you know what? Something happened a block away from where David's current location is. You might want to call him and check on him, stuff like that. Oh, let's let's talk about when the uh, young Padawan showed you how to share my location with their phone. I still, I, I fucking hate location tracking shit. I stay away from it. I just, I don't want anybody knowing where I am. Yeah. <laughs> Except for you in the My Hot Club. I would fucking post that shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, old man, tell me a joke. See, that was a good, I should have ended on that. And my, my Michael Carter, but I want to tell, I got this joke vault here. I'm going to tell it. All right. And especially because one of them uh, uh, involves Christmas. So um, again, for those who don't know, it's been a while since we did this. Um, as a young buck, I thought I had a career in comedy and, and, and ended up quite the opposite as an accountant. But I had a career in comedy and I used to keep jokes. And for a while I was building a little bit of a, you want to call it a portfolio or a set list, whatever you want to call it. And so I did that for a couple months and I stumbled across them when we moved houses so in the beginning, the first couple episodes of the show, I was reading some of them. And look, for people who don't know or haven't heard these before, I'm going to set the expectations low. They're not that great. Um, I was a young kid who hadn't gone anywhere at the time. I think I was, based on the information I'm seeing, I was between 13 and 20-ish. They're not that great. I would great. say for most of them. Understatement yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah, relativity. <laughs> um, so... All right, I'm going to go through a couple here. This is, these are all on one page, as a matter of fact. I don't know if you know this, but some Christians must believe that at Christmas time, your Christianity can be measured by the amount of lights you put on your house. They believe you can be bad all year round, and then at Christmas, you, whoever puts up the most lights, like the house in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you see a house that's fully decorated, I see a house of a bunch of a son of a bitches. <laughs> Well, it's like the concept of uh, religion. You you can sin all week long, and at the end of the week, you can go to penance and then wipe the slate clean. Followed by, on the same piece of paper, <laughs> it's a good lead in, David, thank you, and you didn't even know this was here. My mother used to tell me not to lie because God would punish me. But I'm thinking if God forgives mass murderers who wear other people's scalps, he will forgive me for lying. So you know what, Mom? I don't know who ate all the cookies. <laughs> And then one random line on, again, same page. I believe a beanie is actually a flavor seal. <laughs> a beanie is a flavor seal. Yeah, like it's locking uh, the, in the flavor. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Locking in the flavor of your scalp. Okay. Speaking of scalps. I still think it's actually funny, though. I'll be honest. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll allow you to have that uh, that thought. I also thought it was deep to talk about wearing people's scalps. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was around the time of like the last Mohican. All right. End it, uh, end it old man. I'm Michael Carter. <laughs> and I'm David Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and we are relatively old. bored and old. <laughs> and shit. Goodbye.